Right, welcome to the Hayes Outdoors podcast, episode six, I believe we're on. <laughs> it's not a lot, is it? It's not a lot. And that's why I'm not very good, because only done six. And I think Joey D's probably carried me through uh, more than half of them. But here we are. I'm just doing a solo podcast. I've got no questions. I'm just freestyling it off the top of the noggin. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm just going to get into it, mate. I've got a bit of a sniffle, but whatever. Let's just crack on. Soldier on. And uh, there's no video to this either, so I'm just in your ear lobes. Not ear lobes, canals. Just coming at you, in, just coming in your ears. Ah, oh, that's been said so many times. Yeah, that's such a smashy and nice thing to say. Coming into your ears. Um, so this week, mate, it's, the reason I'm doing a podcast as well is because I've got, I've really let the side down with content. For people who are following me on YouTube, you'll know I just put out like a heart, <laughs> like a video of me on holiday, and then one of me going tat- uh, camping with the dude who did my tattoo, and it was only a twelve-minute video. Because the reason is, last week, my van shat itself, um, and it need <coughs> excuse me, and it needs about two grand's worth of work doing to it, and they can't get the parts, so it's going to be out of action till next week, even. So, and I live in a village at the, um, at the moment, so I'm just sort of stuck in this village, <laughs> I can't. I can't get out and about. It's a bit of a nightmare, really, to make videos, and it's knackered my schedule up a little bit, so I'm just cobbling together what I can. It feels a little bit like in lockdown when I was just trying to be more creative and not getting not getting the videos that I would like to get out. out. So <clears throat> I do apologise for that, for anyone who's who follows me on YouTube. Um, a, a return to form is in the post. It's coming... And when I get my van back, I'll be so happy, mate. Um, I've got so many good things planned. Some winter long-distance hikes uh, and some trips to the Lake District. I'm not doing any collabs, I don't think, or anything too spicy because it's winter. It's coming up to winter and I want to do a little bit of sort of hibernating and just stick around Yorkshire um, and my areas. But I've got some, some pretty cool stuff coming up. But... A nightmare, losing your vehicle. I didn't realise how much I, I depended on it. Like, even just going... I've got no wood, mate, from a wood burner, so... I'll maybe have to get some delivered or some... Or hire a van, I suppose, couldn't I? It's just a lot of money, isn't it, Mr McSniffelington? Hold on. I'll edit that bit out, because it's too sniffly, isn't it? Ah. <laughs> I might even just leave this in, fuck it. Right... So what time is it? It's early in the morning, mate. It's only nine o'clock in the morning, but I've been up a while. I'm feeling good. The sun's out outside. It's one of them nice, crisp, cool days. And my mate's coming round to see me because um, he knows that I'm a bit housebound without my vehicle. So he's coming to see me and we're going to go for a little walk and a bit of a catch-up, go for a coffee and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> like, a little old, like a little old man. Whose friends, whose whose only remaining friend who's still alive is coming to visit him, and they're gonna go and walk, or dither. They're gonna go and dither about, perhaps sit on a bench for a little bit. It's weak. It's weak. But um, yeah, once we get me van back, mate, we're gonna be on it. We're gonna be on it. So I just thought I'd just 
drop in and just see how you're doing. Chat to you a little bit about how maybe how, how I've been doing because you could sort of live vicariously through me still just talking on a podcast, I guess. I'll be honest with you. Uh, have I been doing all right is what I'm asking myself. Oh my God, it's going to turn into a self-therapy. Oh, that's another thing I could talk about. Uh, I did, I went, I've been seeing a therapist. <laughs> I haven't seen her for a bit now since... Um, yeah, I haven't seen her for a little bit now because when my girlfriend moved out, I had to tighten the purse strings just to sort of, because I've got to pay for the rent and everything, just to see see how things lie. But I did go and see a cognitive behavioural therapist. For We had like a handful of sessions. And I went in a little bit sceptical, I think. Um, but my God, my God, it blew me away. And it's not like I'm um, I'm not like completely in need of a therapist. I'm not struggling that much, but I kind of am. Or I kind of had a lot of childhood trauma growing up um, that was never dealt with. And as I get older, and I'm I'm you know I'm I'm one to always sort of test the boundaries with diet and exercise and self help and you know the Wim Hof method things like that. So it would be silly of me. At the beginning of this year, I thought, right, okay, we'll get back into yoga, maybe join a gym, go get some therapy, because therapy is just the gym for the mind, isn't it? I think. It's like getting a personal trainer, but for your noggin, who's going to, you know, sort of hold your hand and force you to uh, to maybe think about things that you wouldn't normally think about. Uh, but yeah, I went in sceptical, and the first session was just sort of getting to know each other. Is this over? Am I oversharing here? It doesn't matter, does it? We're all a little... We're all friends here, I think. I hope. Um, yeah, the first session was just sort of feeling each other out. <laughs> no. No. Feeling each other out. Just sort of get a... You get have to get a vibe for someone, don't you? You can't just... Go and... You know... You can't just go and talk to someone openly who you don't vibe with. So we had to do that get one out of the way she'd tell you know she'd explain to me a little bit about what was going to happen and stuff when I felt positive after that it was good and then a couple of sessions in she was like right we're going to go and we're going to do this thing this cognitive behavioral thing so she because this was this was a good this was a few months ago so covid was still a thing and usually she would get up to some close to someone and sort of like move a torch in their eyes so your eyes went to, from left to right um, and that sort of replicates rapid eye movement you know when you're sleeping or whatever when you you know yeah when you're sleeping so she did that with a light I had to just follow this light and then she put these two vibrating things in my hands right left and left and right and which would vibrate so the left would vibrate then the right simultaneously like boom boom left right so they would be going and the light would be going left and right as well. So that's cognitive behavioural therapy. I don't know what it's doing or the science behind it, but I think it's just to sort of distract you a little bit and, and, and yeah, just sort of replicate that REM sleep thing in your brain. And then once you started doing that, mate, you're holding these vibrators in your hand and watching this light and I'm thinking, this is bonkers. She sat on the other side of the room with, like notepad and stuff and I did feel a little bit like 
um, a science experiment or just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? It felt a bit weird. But anyway, she put me under, not under, but she made me close my eyes and I could still like feel these vibration things. And then uh, she said, right, I want you to put yourself in a moment in time, which, you know, if you look at it like a graph, like um, one of them heart monitor things that goes along and a flat, so flat line, you're dead. She said, look for the the spikes are where you've had like impactful moments in your life or the things that you think about. So she said, go to one of them like spikes. So I did. And it was me as like a, how old was I? Uh, primary school, maybe eight. So it was me at eight um, in my dad's old house. Um, and I could see myself and I was sort of sat on the floor in this room and everything was red, like it, like infrared almost. And I was just sat on the floor, plonked in front of a TV. And then she said, right, can you see yourself? I was like, yep. Um, and then she says, what do you feel and what do you want to do for that you, that you as an eight-year-old? Um, and I was like, well, I just want to give him a hug and tell him it's, you know, it's all right. And so she's like, well, do it. Just go and do it then. Um, and so me as an adult me, as me now, and it was so vivid in my brain what I was seeing. I walked like walked over to young me and I picked him up <laughs> and I hugged him, right? It was so <laughs> mental. Because everything was red, like infrared, and I picked him up and I hugged him. And there was all this mad shit going on outside this room from these traumas that I'd had when I was younger or whatever. All this mad shit going on outside the room. And I just picked him up and I just held him. And I just started to uncontrollably bawl my eyes out. Like, even though I had my eyes closed, I could feel tears running out my running out my little noggin bollocks. Um, and I squeezed him. And then everything started to go from this infrared to green. Just like everything just started to go brighter and brighter green. And, and I just felt better and better as I hugged him. And then I hugged him and he, he sort of disappeared into me. And then I was left in this room holding myself and everything was green. And I just felt like, wow. Like I'd, it was like I'd cured something. Like, uh, it was it was insane. It was insane. And I was so emotional. I was just like bawling my eyes out. And she's like, right, okay, open your eyes, come around. Like, well done. And that she was saying, well done. I don't know, let me move this down. Sorry. Um... And then I was just, it was just exhausting as well. I remember just being exhausted. And then I said to her, I was like, I'm a fucking textbook, Anna. I? I felt like a textbook. Like, she, it took her no time at all to get me blubbing and curing myself. I thought, page one of the Cognitive Behavioural Therapy Guide for Dummies. And then she didn't need to go any further. It's just one page, just getting to Wuggy's old self, done. I just felt like... Uh, I'm textbooked, but it blew my mind, um, and this was near the end of the session, and I just said, look, that's it, I'm done, we don't need to do any more of it for this session, and I went to sit in my truck, and I couldn't drive my truck for like 20 minutes, just sat in car park, just sort of just unpackaging it all, uh, 
and it changed my life. It's changed my life. Because she did, so she did that with the, um, with me as a kid there. And she did it for another couple of things that had happened in my life. Sent me back to these places, got me to hug people or, I don't know, like she just, it, it's the your neuro, neurological pathways in your brain um, sort of felt healed. And then when I think about them now, it doesn't feel bad. Like, I used to think about these things and use them as excuses for bad behaviors you know like you know getting getting a bit pissed or eating badly or just being not very good to yourself that was always an excuse but it sort of just disappeared all in this moment and I don't know whether that's the narrative I'm putting on it or whether or what but I'm gonna I'm keeping hold of that because it, it I feel like it genuinely worked um so yeah I mean that's it was powerful stuff mate it's powerful stuff but I just keep knocking that it was powerful stuff but I had to stop going to see her just because you know unfortunately I think things like that are um there are, it's it's a shame that it's it costs money to do it in it it's cost money and time and stuff and when you're working full-time it's hard to it's sometimes hard to prioritize these things and you get a bit caught up in the day-to-day nine-to-five bullshit so I'm really glad I took some time out to do it and to learn about it the cognitive behavioral therapy and it so, totally sorts your noggin out in some ways it might, might not be for everyone but I don't feel like I've got a lot of stuff going on in my head from past trauma and the malig what's it called the malignia fucking hell the malignia the malignia part of the brain or something it doesn't form when there's parts of that brain that don't form if you don't have a connection to your mum or something like if you're not cuddled when you're young she was telling me all this stuff anyway. It was really cool, real good science stuff. Um, and thanks, yeah, thanks to her. Not that she's going to be listening around. And I might go see her again one time just to check in with myself. So there you go. Overshared a little bit there, I think, with that story. But the thing is, it, I don't care. If it might, it might help someone else who's listening. You know, you might, it might give you that push you need to go and to go and just talk to someone. And it's not a sign of weakness. It's not like. I've got to go see someone because I'm fucking desperate and my head's collapsing in on itself. It wasn't that. It's more of a, I'm in a good place, so let's 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 carry on with that and let's work on ourselves. And like I say, it was a New Year's thing. Just like join the gym, go and get some therapy, blah de blah. And it's just it's a bit it's hard for me being a northerner with like a northern like my dad's proper to get old school and his dad was old school. So it is a lot harder for me. And that's why I feel like now even I'm trying to justify it to you and to myself. Because I've got friends down south who just get therapy all the time. It's not even a thing. It's like, oh yeah, you get therapy, cool. It's like going to a spa. A spa, like a brain spa. So, yeah, done that. That was good. I feel a lot better for it anyway. And it gives, it gives you the tools, I think, as well to be able to deal with stuff going forward. Um, but yeah, it was also, move this. So let's, uh, that's that anyway. I'm going to talk about it too much. The old CBT story. So what I thought I'd do as well is, I'll tell you my UFO story because my mate Matt, Matty Morgan, who a few of you will know from on here, but not everybody, because a lot of you are just my my crew, my, my YouTube crew. 
Um, we talked, we touched on um, UFOs a little bit. Matt knows loads about UFOs. Too much, some might say. I don't know as much as Matt, Matty Morgs knows about UFOs because he's gone down a couple of rabbit holes and that's, that's good. If you want to know more about UFOs, listen to him rambling on about it. But all I know is my story. Again, I'm not a... I'm not someone who'll just sort of make believe. Or I'm not sort of... I, I'm not into star signs and all that hippie stuff and aliens and UFO, like Bigfoot and all that. But I can only say what I saw. Uh, I mean, the mind does get carried away. I remember <laughs> and at primary school, right, I created a thing like a, a ghost club when I got like me and a few mates all into this ghost club. This was at primary school. And I got, I whipped up such a frenzy in my mates of like believing in ghosts. And this was in the daytime as well and getting everyone so wound up and scared that I made, um, I think it was Richard King, believe that that there was a witch's finger on top of this uh, pillar, like this stone pillar. And then all my mates would, like, boost each other up one after another and then be like, fuck, like, shit themselves and, like, run away. And it would go on. It went on for quite a while. But do you know what it was? It was just an old apple core. <laughs> it was just an old apple core that I'd got... I'd whipped them up into such a frenzy of, like, believing in ghosts that they thought that this apple core was a witch's finger. So the mind can... You know, you can it can play tricks on you. You can get suggested into you know, into that sort of stuff. But this wasn't, mate. This was like, well, I'll tell you what happened. In Whitby, where I grew up, my dad's house was on the cliff, near a golf course, and me and two of my mates, Alex and Gareth, we went onto this golf course. It was late at night, and we just went for like a couple of bottles of beer. We used to take beers down. Uh, maybe have a spliff or whatever, you know, that sort of stuff when you're that age. Anyway, as we got to this this little hill near a green that we used to chill on, like, cause it could, you could put your backs against this hill because it was quite steep and you could have a nice little backrest while you looked out to out to sea and, and saw the stars and stuff. Um, and we're just chilling and there was these two lights in the sky and it looked like, I remember one of them saying it looked like a car headlights. And they weren't moving or doing anything. They were just like in the background as we were just chatting and stuff. And we just kept thinking, I mean, we just kept saying like, look at them like stars, they're weird. They look like headlights. And then they just out of nowhere just started to get brighter and bigger. Like they were getting closer to us. And I remember Gaz was the first one to go. And he's a big lad, Gaz. Big, strong lad. And, uh, he was first one to go. He just sort of flinged his bottle and just legged it. And that's not good for leaving no trace, but it's uh, you got to do what you got to do, haven't you, when aliens are coming for you to probe you. So he started going, and then Alex was like, he just stood up and was like getting ready to go. And uh, I think I was last one to go, because I only went when they got really bright, like uh, like as if they were on a collision course to us. And then so we were all three of us running like across this golf course. And then there came, a light came behind us. Like it was like getting chased by a silent motorbike is all I can say. It was just behind us and it was a light and it was casting our shadows onto the golf course. 
and then it shot up above us and I remember stopping and looking up and it was like two eggs or, or irons, like the bottom of an iron with all these little bits and pieces on it. And there was two of them side by side and they were completely silent. And I've never seen anything like it, never seen, you know, anything like it since. Um, it was just, and it wasn't of this world well, it wasn't of this of like any, of anything I've ever seen, because uh, I researched the living daylights out of it since, and it's just who knows. Couldn't explain it. It was making no noise whatsoever. So we all just jumped over this wall and sprinted back to my dad's, completely scared shitless. And I remember they couldn't even go home. We just like we were just in my bedroom, just like what the fuck was that? What was that? Just going going over it. And this was pre-internet, like there was no phones. We couldn't just get on our phones and Google if anyone else had seen that. So we just had to just deal with it and just chat amongst ourselves and we were just cacking it, man. And then uh, we started telling everyone at school. So everyone just started calling us like Fox Mulder and that. Uh, and I remember someone putting a, like this little alien, this little alien teddy on my bag, like a little alien like toy because <laughs> you know you're not going to get any love uh, in, uh, in Whitby for uh, saying that you've seen aliens <laughs> not gonna, everyone's not going to be like oh really well done mate it's more like oh fucking Mulder you dickhead beat me up fucking E.T. all that all that gubbins um, and so I just became obsessed with it for a little bit I was like that it blew my mind and me Alex and Gaz would get together and talk about what we'd seen and then a few, maybe a week later, a couple of girlfriends of mine had gone down there, down onto the golf course. And they'd come back with a story of seeing these two lights coming out of the sea as if they were, and, and, and going back into the sea. And I don't know what it was. Uh, I'm, I'm calling it, and it, it was definitely a UFO. It was definitely an unidentified flying object. Who knows? I'm calling it a UFO, and it's enough to make me believe that there are three aliens out there. I've got no, I've got no facts to back it up with. It's just a story, but I'm not likely to make that up. And I know that me, three of us aren't going to have a group hallucination about these two lights that, to this very day, we stand by. You know. In fact, I should get Alex and Gaz on the podcast, shouldn't I? Would that be good? Get me, Alex and Gaz on it, and we can talk about it. I've pretty much told you it, really. So it would be a bit of shit podcast, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> but there you go. That's it. There was another. There was another story. What was it? Oh yeah, uh, my tent story. But this is a story that I did tell on Matt's podcast actually at the end of it, um, and a few people kind of liked it, got a bit freaked out by it. So I thought I'd tell you guys. And it's on the theme of like, do you get scared when you go camping? Because I go camping a lot, and one of the questions that I get asked by people that I've just met or whatever is, especially with the woodland camping, is do you get scared? Um, and I always say no. There's only two... I've only been scared, I think, twice. Um, one of these was when I camped in this ancient folly on my own. And I, I, had, I had a little fire in the old fireplace that was there. And I've never felt it on a wild camp before. 
it was just a feeling of being watched and an unease. And it's not like I was being paranoid for any reason. I wasn't like, I was completely sober as well. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, I was completely sober as well. Um, It just felt there was like a real unease. I had like a... I would catch myself clenching my jaw. Do you know what I mean? Like, or my shoulders. I, I would, every now and again, I would just relax my jaw and my shoulders and be like, fuck, I've been really tense there. Because there was just this... There was a feeling of unease and a feeling of being watched that I've never had when I've been out before. And maybe it was because this old place, I associated it with people because it was an abandoned ruin. So that might have been a thing. Or some people do say that stone can hold like feelings in it. And that's hippie in it if I say that, but... You know, if something really traumatic has happened, the echoes of it get caught in the brick and the mortar and the stone. Uh, more so than they would just out and about around trees and stuff. I don't know if that's true. Probably not, but there has to be some mate, because I was feeling it, whether it's just that I associated this, this place with people or whether there was things trapped in the stone. That sounds mad, but... It was definitely summer because I was feeling it all night, and every even when I went for a piss, I would have to I'd take my axe with me because I was that like, f- like scared. And it wasn't like I didn't feel that there was human people watching me or or anything like that. It just felt like a a force or something. I felt very much not alone. So there's that. I mean, it's not too scary, but it's just a f- vibe, isn't it? Um, and I will go back there on my own to right the wrongs of me feeling like that. Or just to see if I do feel like that again. Maybe explore that feeling a little bit more. See if I can whip myself up into an absolute frenzy and think that loads of apples are fingers and stuff. Revenge from my mates. Karma coming to get me. And uh, and so that, that was that time. And then there was another time that I was camping. And... Um, I was drinking this time, I'd had a bottle of vino, just chilling out, and it it got dark, and I got in my tent, and I had signal, so I was just checking my phone, and then someone had sent me, on Instagram, someone had sent me a picture of my tent, and it was, as it was getting dusk, so it was dusk. I'd got in my tent because it was, I can't remember what time of year it was. Was it winter? It was dusk anyway. So as I was getting in my tent, I'd got in my tent, then it had got dark. And this photo, I'd just checked and someone had sent it whilst I was in my tent. So I was thinking, someone, well, someone definitely knows where I am. But is it just, they're still there, like, they're still watching, and it freaks, like, my heart, you know, it, your heart sinks, you're like, oh, dear, we're gonna have to get into it, so I just, like, I had my SE, I think it was, I think I had my SE3 knife, I just sort of kept that by my side, like, in my hand, toying with the idea of shouting out, but in them situations, I feel like ignorance is sometimes bliss, because if I shouted out, then someone made a noise, and it's like, nah, mate, no, or if I'd have got out my tent, I didn't want to get out the tent because then it's like you're facing it then, aren't you? You're making it real. 
if I opened the door and there's someone stood there or something. And it just freaked me out, but that was it, really. There was no, nothing came of it. It was just a really freaky thing that happened. Um, and it did get me thinking of, like, that would be such a creepy thing if someone, like, I don't know, if you were hammock camping and then you woke up and someone had just, like, sent you a picture of you asleep. That would be just freaky, wouldn't it? Or a selfie, like someone's done a selfie and they look, they're just like, and oh, <laughs> you know, like one of them dudes with like a few teeth missing, hair's a bit straggly, does look a bit scary. And they've just done a selfie right next to your sleeping head. And you don't even know, you just get it sent to you on the morning, like airdropped to you the next day. Cack it, wouldn't you? Cack it. I have had another one where I was in my hammock, actually, and uh, I could hear people whispering in my ear. But that was just because I was lying on my back and I got um, night terrors or whatever when you just sort of half asleep. But it seemed really real. It was like that. But that, I just put that down to night terrors. That was fine. That's one of the things of sleeping in a hammock that I get sometimes. When you sleep on your back, you're going to, like, you have some mad sleep paralysis. Or I do, anyway, sometimes. And that ain't cool if you're out in, if you're eating dangler in middle of the woods and you have a sleep paralysis at fit, you, you, it hits different, mate. You cack it a little bit. But there it is. Let me have a swig of my coffee because that's not professional, but whatever. What time is it? How long have I been going? Half an hour. Oh, how do people do it, man? How do I? How do you do a podcast for like an hour on your own? With no, I've got no idea of what I'm doing, I've got no questions or anything like that, we're just shooting the shit mate, aren't we, and I'm just sat in my front room, I've got a couple of new additions, I've got a new Kingfisher, I went to Whitby and um, they had this little like marketplace and there was a dude selling odds and ends, like just old antique stuff, and I saw this Kingfisher in this box mate, I was with my daughter and I was like, how much for kingfish? He was like, 130. So I said, I'll give you 100. And he was like, nah. He said, 120. I was like, all right, mate, well, if it's still here when I get back, uh, we'll have a, I'll, 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 have, I'll think about it. And so me and Kaya went down to arcades, did all that, came back, it was still there. And I just went ruthless on him with 100 quid and he, he, he buckled in end. <laughs> he buckled in end and I got it for 100 quid. Which is, you might think, a lot of money to spend on a dead kingfisher, but for me, it's worth it because of I love kingfishers and I've always sort of wanted a taxidermy kingfisher, which is a mad thing to always want, but there you go. And I finally got it and I was so happy with it and I love it. I absolutely love it because it's a Victorian piece, so it's an antique and it was found in a cottage in the Dales, the Yorkshire Dales. So I'm sure it has a story. And he was telling me, he said that what you want to get, like that was worth 100 quid, but he said if you can find the traps, so they used to have these little foot traps that would catch the kingfishers or any sort of small bird, I reckon. But he said if you come across these little traps, they're worth a lot of money now because obviously it's illegal to do that now. So these old traps are worth quite a lot of money. So keep your eye out 
for little bird traps. <coughs> there you go. What else did I get? I got some butterflies. I got some new butterflies over there. Taxidermied from a cafe uh, in the middle of the Dales when I went for a cup of coffee and then they had this thing on. Well, I was like, how much for that, mate? 40 quid, he says. I says, giz it. Three little butterflies in it. I'm waffling now, Anna. My, my my nose is blocked a little bit. Uh, sun's shining and my mate's going to be coming around for a coffee soon. So I better go and get a shower and get ready. And thanks for joining me on this. Um, yeah, can you call it a podcast, really? I guess. I mean, it's someone talking, isn't it? You're listening. So, yeah, it's a podcast, mate. Well done. Just done a podcast, Anna. <laughs> um... I don't know, mate. If you like it, just let me know. Let me know in comments if you like this sort of stuff, and I'll I'll do a few more because I've got loads of stories, mate. We can really get we can dive into some if you want. I've got a few few loopy stories, or I could just give you updates on how I'm doing and the things that I'm doing to to better myself. Or when I just when I completely lose it and don't better myself, maybe we'll go we'll go full full spectrum. But at the moment. Feeling good. It's annoying not having van, but feeling good. Doing some good stuff and looking forward to some good stuff in the future. I hope you're all doing well for yourselves. I hope you're taking your vitamins and looking after... Oh, I got this... Um, I'm doing this green juicing thing every morning at the moment with like spirulina and broccoli and all sorts of shit in it. And I th- it's really it's really good. It's really doing the trick. And it's just in like a powder form. Powder form, into cold water. Bosh that. And that's how I start my day and it's... Uh, yeah, it's doing wonders, I think. Or is it just a placebo? I don't know. Feels good anyway. Anyway, <laughs> I'm waffling. Thanks for listening. I'll see you again soon. We've done, how long have we done? Half an hour. It's all I've got at the moment. Until I get better at it and get more comfortable at talking without... I bet I've been going um and ah and snivelling and I bet now it makes sense. But as I've said before, we're in dojo, aren't we? With Danny LaRusso putting the wax on the car at the moment. The tournaments will come later down the line when we get some guests on. Because I'm just practising, Anna, talking and getting all my equipment ready and that. And then I've got some guests to come on. But I don't want to get them on while I'm shit, <laughs> while all my equipment do not work. And I'm popping my peas and snivelling and all that. There's no point in having good guests on and wasting it. So you'll be stuck with me and just my mates for the for the time being. Take care of yourselves. Uh, this is going to be going out on Patreon first for you lot on Patreon. And then I might release it into it wild. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Much love. Take care of yourselves. Bye for now.